Hello, everybody. Drasco here from 10knorm.com, where my main mission is to normalize six-figure incomes as the minimum wage for heart-centered entrepreneurs. How do I do that? Well, number one, through the 10K Norm coaching program, and number two, the accompanying podcast that you are listening to right now. Both are here to help heart-centered entrepreneurs that are unable to hit consistent 10K months, despite all of the personal development work they've done to master their mind, master their offer, and master their sales, and normalize 10K months in six months or less. And on today's episodes, we have a real talk segment where I bring in a heart-centered entrepreneur on their way towards their own 10K norm, and we have some real talk about what's currently their biggest challenge towards their 10K norm. And in that, we're going to explore who they are, why they do what they do, and then live on the call, I get to help them get out of their own way on a challenge that they're currently experiencing towards their 10K norm. And today's guest, we have Amy Lenius, who is a happily married mother of two and is a multi-passioned entrepreneur dedicated to helping women find health, find happiness, and to do all of this through self-discovery and self-care. Uh, and all also sums that up in a mission to show women that uh, self-care is truly selfless, uh, which 100% I agree with. So Amy, I'm excited to do this with you. Thank you for being on the show. How are you doing today? I am really well. Thank you. Very excited. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So excited to have you as well. And what I would love to start off with is, you know, I read the, the I read the little blurb that you had submitted before coming on to the show. And uh, I, I'd love to dive deeper into that because for you or for other people who don't know, so I owned a brick and mortar weight loss center for 10 years. And, you know, the majority of my clients were moms that uh, were notorious for putting themselves last. And then when they do that for a lot of years, that's when they finally came to see myself or you know somebody like myself, or it's like I've gone so long without putting myself first or even addressing or even thinking about my own needs. Now I'm in this kind of crappy situation that I need to get out of. How do I do it? And oftentimes where we would start is actually getting selfish. like make sure right that like we said like in the event of an emergency when you're playing they always say you got to put your oxygen mask on first before you put somebody else's and that was a recurrent theme that always happened at the studio so i'm very well aware of that sentiment so i'd love to explore you know how it is that you got to be there like as a mom yourself how it powers your current uh, work etc so floor is yours break, break it down for us that's amazing. Good for you. Yeah. I love that analogy of the airplane when your life is crashing and burning. It's just the same as an airplane crashing and burning. You want to make sure that you're putting your own oxygen mask on first and serving yourself first. And as an entrepreneur and someone who dealt with chronic illness, that lesson had to be learned in a lot of difficult ways for me. And as soon as I started realizing that when I started taking care of myself, my health, and as an entrepreneur, it rippled out into my children, into my business in all the most positive ways. I think as women, as mothers, when we start doing things for ourselves, we think we're taking away from those around us and the people that we serve. But in reality, I've come to learn that it is the exact opposite. It is very hard to give from a space of 
emptiness when you can fill your own cup and do things that bring you joy and fill yourself up so that you can give from a space of fulfillment and joy and love and vibrancy and learning the difference between those two has been life-changing for my parenting, my health and my business. It's been quite an incredible journey. That, that's amazing. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree more because one of the hardest parts that we dealt with, you know, at the studio was just simply getting mothers to see that, right? Like so oftentimes the conversation would go towards, you know, as a role model for your kids, how does this trickle down, right? Like it trickles down to all of the things we kind of have to unlearn as adults of like people pleasing, I, I do the work ahead of time and then I get rewarded, right? Like my needs always come last. I can't ask for what it is that I want. I can't possibly, you know, do the thing that I know is going to move me forward because it's going to take away from my kids. But it's the exact, it's the exact opposite. It's true. What you are doing is you're illuminating what's possible and being a model for it versus uh, the opposite, right? And one of the conversations used to come up is like, for your kids, like they don't need the resources. Like I, I'm driving them somewhere, I'm buying them the thing, I'm, I'm taking out time for them. Like what they need is the resourcefulness that you teach them, like the model to be like who ultimately, you know, you're striving for them to be anyway by doing these actions. So I'm curious to see how that manifested in, in, in your journey and the work that you do now. Uh, it started with me being very sick. Actually, I dealt with a chronic illness that was very inflammatory, daily pain, all sorts of not so fun things going on in my life. And luckily I was still able to have children. Infertility is a side effect of what I was going through, but through learning some self-care and learning that I can do different things health-wise and different modalities, I was able to get pregnant and have my children. And as they grew and I realized I was giving and giving and giving and putting myself so far on that list of care and realizing I was totally living in survival mode. I was completely living on an empty tank and letting that sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight, high cortisol, stress hormones run my life and thinking that I was doing okay. Like how amazing and badass is it for me to be doing all of these things, even though I'm crashing and burning on the inside. And I had to change that perspective, that perspective of what if I could do all of these amazing things, but from a space of health and from a space of doing things that bring me joy and passion and purpose, like my entrepreneurial journey giving up my practice, for example, was another one. I used to be an RMT and had a very beautiful practice where I helped women. I did a lot of pre and postnatal care, pelvic balancing and all of those things. So that's where I discovered my love for anatomy and physiology. And that has been able to carry me forward in helping women with their health and happiness and those things. But I learned along the way that mindset is one of the most important things when it comes to our health. And I kept telling myself that if I do all of these things, maybe I'll get healthy. But I realized that I didn't fully believe that it was actually possible. And so when we're helping other people, I think, and I discovered this through my own learnings that we have to have a mindset of that it's possible. So we have to discover those resources and find those people that show us that it's possible. And then we have to believe that it's possible for ourselves. And those are two different things. When you ask people, do you believe it's possible? And then do you believe it's possible for you? 
lots of times though, you can get two different answers. And so I had to believe that this health change was possible, believe that it was possible for me and work with mindset along with the things that carried me forward in my health. And from the things that I discovered that helped me with my health, I changed career paths a little bit. I decided to go into entrepreneurial to help women the way I was helped. And it led into a lot of public speaking opportunities, which is my favorite. I love going and public speaking on, on health and happiness. And I do a lot of anatomy training on hormones for women. And so it all kind of fell into place with, with what I love to do in the beginning of serving others with their health, but also with my journey of health and success in my health. And I've kind of molded them together. That's amazing, right? So it's like this whole weaving path of different things that ultimately led you to, to where you are right now. So given that, like, where would you say you are at right now? Who is it that you serve? What is it that uh, do for people? I am absolutely known for helping women with their hormones. That's what I'm known for in our wellness community. That's what I get asked to come speak on is hormone health. And uh, my presentations have absolutely switched from a little less now anatomy and those kind of learnings because I've had to add that mindset portion in because that is just so important, that belief that we can be healthy and that we can make these changes for ourselves. And that as women were deserving of not feeling like a hot mess, even though that's been normalized and it's very common, but just because things are common doesn't make them normal and okay. And it's been an incredible journey from there. And what was the question? So like I went off there. No, I mean, you're kind of touching on it, right? (laughs) Um, The question was really having gone through all of these weaving paths to get to where you're at right now, like who is it that you serve and Mm. what is it that you do for people? Yes. So mostly women, I help women discover that their external environment and internal environment play a huge role on their health. And through one aspect of my entrepreneurial life, I help them go toxin free and allow things in their life that serve them and release things that don't. It's probably my favorite part of what I do. And then there's the public speaking aspect where I get to go in and help and educate and connect with these women. And obviously with the world changing, that became less and less possible to get into big groups of women and help them in that way. So I was able to do a bit of a pivot. Now I have a podcast of my own. And yeah, that was a huge pivot for me. And I do my best to help through social media as well. Very cool. So In that case, like having gone through this experience yourself and made the transformation yourself, kind of embody that whole, you know, it's possible, but then it's also possible for me because I did it. Um, What do you feel like is your biggest challenge right now towards your 10K North? My biggest challenge right now is for sure, switching from in-person to technology. I have had a lot of hindrances with technology. It's not my favorite form of connecting with people. I love connecting in person. And so making that pivot has been an adjustment for me and learning to prioritize social media and prioritize um, these kind of online connections versus in-person has been a pivot for me. I have had to learn to reframe my thought process on the positivity around social media and how it can connect me to people and let me help people. And then a big hurdle is definitely just helping these women see that they're worthy of feeling this way and worthy of investing themselves in this way. And that it doesn't take away from anything they're doing or trying to do. It's actually going to help them 
do what they want to do by feeling healthy and amazing. Okay, that's fair. So let me just uh, kind of reframe the response a bit and maybe potentially even reframe the question, right? So the question was, what is, from your perspective, right, the biggest challenges towards your 10K norm, right? So the questions or the answers rather were, okay, well, technology, because I'm trying to like figure it out then it was the reframing that social media can be positive and I need to move into that space because of the stuff that I used to do offline is now not available. Um, and then just to help women feel and be and see themselves as more worthy of, of the goodness that you know I've experienced going through this transition. So many of those things are kind of rooted in the externals, right? The technology was there, if the social media was there, if enough inspiration was there, then it would be possible for me to have my version of, of my own 10K norm. Like, is that accurate with regards to how you see it or am I missing something? As far as external things, absolutely. Um, internally, I would say blocks that I'm working through right now are people pleasing. I'm a recovering people pleaser. (laughs) And attracting relationships that struggle to have a, a good back and forth, a good equal influence and being able to celebrate each other and, um, those kind of things. I attract different kinds of relationships into my life. And I'm learning to bring awareness to that and how I can make those shifts because I do 100% believe that our internal environment, what's going on on the inside, whether it be our health or our mental state is a direct reflection of the outside that we have full control over that. Even when it kind of seems that we don't, that comes back as a direct reflection. So. Yeah, I would hundred percent agree with you there. So is it true? Like I would just need to attract more positive um, relationships or would you word it in a different way? Positive like-minded relationships. Yes. Okay. So if you now look at those in a little bit more detail, the people pleasing and the relationships, how did those stand in the way of your 10 K with people pleasing? It stands in the way of their own independence. So I, as I first started, this has been quite a growth journey as well. But when I first started, I was doing more for people than I should have. And that ended up being a hindrance to them versus a gift of giving them independence. And, um, do you ever feel like, you know, too much sometimes and you tell them all too much when they probably should have discovered a little bit of it on their own, because then it puts you up on a pedestal and them feeling like they could never achieve what you have achieved. Okay. So there's an element of the overexertion where like I'm doing more than I was like, I'm going to use the word contracted to do as far as like a, you know, client relationship. Um, But then there's also the either overstepping or unnecessarily over delivering as far as the information is concerned. Like, would that be Mm -hmm. accurate? Would you use a different word? Um, no, that's accurate. I mean, I am a believer in under promising and over delivering, but it, I've learned that when it comes to women's mindset and their health, they do do better when they have a sense of 
responsibility in that as well. It's not a hundred percent being put outward. And I do, I love to love on people so much. So it does, there's a, there's a learning of boundaries there that needs to happen. Okay. So it's like almost, I wanted it more than they did. Yes. That's a big one, especially when you dive into women who have chronic illness or anyone, I'm sure you saw this as well. When they have deep health issues, it becomes a part of who they are. They almost begin to identify at it as it, and to see a way out is almost, it almost like plays on who they are as a person. It's, it's a, it's a weird space to navigate sometimes. Yeah. Cause your identity is rooted in your element, right? Yes. I am insert ailment right and if i'm not that i've spent so much time repeating i am the ailment that i almost have no idea who i am without this this is defined every part of my life it's defined every aspect of how i interact it's defined so many of my experiences you know that part of you has to in some ways die or be shed for the new one to be i I wouldn't say to be reborn but to be uncovered because uh, mm-hmm. it was there all along. You just always forget. Um, yeah, absolutely. So me learning to develop more communication and leadership skills, I think would help them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would agree with you there. So in that instance, the people pleasing, right? So there's an element of the boundaries. There's the element of the um, overexerting, right? In terms of both over delivery and wanting it more than them and also going above and beyond like what was contracted so again goes back to the boundaries anything else as far as the people aspect? yeah <laughs> yeah sorry come here honey my son is stuck in his new snow pants that he just tried on so this is another thing about working from home and being an entrepreneurial mother that you always have to give yourself grace in these moments and learn that life is a beautiful balance of both and both can be done. It, it doesn't get any more real than snow pants. You know what I mean? Like that's uh... <laughs> oh. so yeah, that's a, okay, go. a beautiful example of like uh, exactly, you know, living your own truth and being like, yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. It is perfectly imperfect in the fact that uh, it doesn't get more real than snow pants, I think is a <laughs> good, good reflection. There's no that. snow on the ground, but he needs to put his snow pants on and is now stuck with them. But I think that a lot of mothers get very intimidated into entrepreneurship as well, because how can they, like I homeschool as well. So that's why they're home. And so I think there's a lot of grace that we can be given there that it's actually, again, I'm not taking away from my children right now they see that I am doing something that's very important to me. They see that I'm doing something that fills my cup that is going to help me learn something so that I can go off and do more great things. And so I think them seeing us working and them seeing us doing our passions and our purpose is going to help them do that when they're older as well. A hundred percent. And I think it goes back to what we spoke about at the beginning, but this is like a perfect illustration of, I am the model that, you know, I hope my kids to, to be one day, right? Like I'm doing mm-hmm. it. They can see it. This is what it looks like. It's becoming embodied, right? I, I'm walking my own talk. So I'm in full support of that snow pants and also I'm <laughs> happy for that moment. Um, okay. So going back to your 10K norm, right? So there was kind of like two categories of things that ended up coming up, right? The 
externals of the technology. There was the reframing of the social media to be more positive. There was spreading the message of women to be worthy and kind of focusing on those externals. And then the internals you mentioned, okay, so the people pleasing, right, with the boundaries, with the overexerting, with wanting it more than they wanted and just kind of getting better at the whole communication, coaching, relationship aspect of everything. Um, in addition to positive relationships um, in your life, I guess that just kind of nurture the, the goal that you want. So all in all, w- would that be accurate? Yes, that sounds great. <laughs> Perfect. Is there anything that we might've missed in that whole list? Um, no. No, I don't think so. I think those are my biggest ones that I have the most focus on and awareness of right now. Perfect. And out of all those, what is the common denominator? Out of all struggles, like I'm the common denominator. Is that what you okay. mean? Because okay. I'm a believer of that. Every struggle <laughs> comes down to me. A hundred percent. And yes, that, that is uh, <laughs> what I was nudging at. So if you are the common denominator amongst the externals and the internals, now you can begin to look at, well, where's my perspective on all of those? Mm-hmm. So when you look at everything we just listed from the externals to the internal battles that you feel like are standing in your way, where is the focus on all of these? Or rather, where is it not? You can even look at it how. Where is the focus not in all of these? I don't know. So from the outside, hint. In, right? <laughs> and again, obviously you can correct me on any aspect that I might get wrong, but from the outside looking in, nothing that you said had anything to do with, I'm taking these direct steps towards creating my 10K norm and embodying that as a real possibility. How does that land for you? You want to hear the direct steps I'm taking in all of those areas? Well, it was just like, okay, when I asked you what's in the way, right? Mm -hmm. Technology, it's an external that may or may not even be necessary. But certainly if you've overcome the things you've overcome, like technology is is not going to be a factor. It's definitely something learnable, right? Mm -hmm. Reframing social media is completely different than talking like I have done X, Y, and Z, and then this or this didn't work. So I've reframed it in this way. Spreading positivity is great, but nobody's going to pay you for spreading positivity. Um, And then the internal ones, right? Like people pleasing, attracting relationships. Like you could have those issues and never hit a 10K norm, or you could have those issues and still hit a 10K norm. But none of it from the outside looking in was rooted in like, you know what? Like I I really, it's actually just a different way to potentially say it. The same way you describe the identity piece of the people that you've worked with, I kind of heard the same lack of identity in the 10K norm here. So before I continue, 
does that make sense? And a, um, how does it lay? I mean, it makes total sense because that's the space that I come from. Absolutely. So I know I've come a long way, but all of those things are still a part of me. All of those things are still deep within that system, that automatics one that's running all the time that you barely know of. All of that is still there. So that has to be a huge point of awareness for me. And when I ask myself those hard questions and I give myself answers, I have to ask myself again, is that coming from a space of that lack and victim and you know that person who was very sick and not able to help herself versus who she is now? And they do still battle quite a bit. Okay. So who do you think is winning the battle right now? I think with everything that I'm working on and investing in and how things have been changing for me lately, I feel like, I feel like new Amy is winning, but there are some still pivots, right? As you win a little bit, a new, a new block, a new thing comes up, right? As you peel the back, those onion layers, things come up, but yeah. So those, I mean, all the things I listed are the ones that I'm aware of and working on right now, but they do come from that space. Okay. Fair enough. And where then do you see objective evidence of the, the winning Amy in the things that you've listed? Recognition, mostly how I can recognize when certain things are happening, when a pattern is coming up, like, um, like the people pleasing, like, is this me trying to serve someone else from that space of people pleasing, or is it enough as like from a leadership space? And the biggest one was switching my mindset from social media being a negative to a positive, which I still am working on it, not being something that's in the back of my mind is something I have to do as a negative, but something that I get to do as a positive and get to show up for my people in that space. And that's still an inner dialogue (laughs) as well, but it's, it's getting there. Okay. So recognition of where do I recognize certain things Mm -hmm. and reframing as well. Okay. So why not results? Why not results yet? So, because the original question was, okay, so where, because we started this aspect of the conversation going, okay, the things that I've listed, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the common denominator amongst them. There is this aspect of my identity kind of not existing or at least not coming to the forefront that I can embody and relate to as like, I'm somebody who wants 10k months and these are the things that I'm doing right moving into well okay I understand that there's this aspect that's battling internally it's going back and forth but ultimately I feel like you know positive Amy is winning okay great what's the tangible evidence of that well I reframed a few things and I also recognize patterns okay that's cool important has its time and place Okay. Is it really reflective of like, and then my question was like, why not answer that question with, well, these are the results that I've gotten when I've made these shifts. Mm, I have gotten monetary results. So like that has shifted, but it's, it, there are still so many shifts that can be made so that it happens 
like a 10 K month, like you said, so it happens quicker and it happens more frequently. And like, so in my sales business, let's say, so my average that I do is like 15,000 in sales about a month that help. These are all clean things that help women with their hormones and those kind of things. So that's that aspect. And so I am absolutely ready to see that bump up because when that bumps up, I know I'm helping more people. And as I have worked on this and made these shifts, I have gotten, um, you know, my income in the last few months has grown and I have gotten a few more women in my, in my life who I am so excited to be helping and those kind of things. But I am, I feel like I'm almost plateauing again. Like there was a plateau for a while. I've recognized all of these boundaries and working on them and working through them. So I am seeing a little bit, but I'm ready for it to just like, so I can help more people. Beautiful. Right. And I think that is actually a great example of what I've been leading towards. Right. I had a plateau. I shifted a few things and I saw tangible results. The reason I was prompting these questions was so often there are things that look like we're moving forward, but are really just reinforcing that, that aspect of us that just wants to stay the same. Right. So I always mm-hmm. call this the, like the masks of not being good enough. We will indulge in things that look like I'm tackling a problem, but it's really just a mask of not being good enough. Right. I'm not energetically aligned to what it is that I want. Right. My mindset is not where it's at. I'm working on people pleasing and, and aspects of myself that get me to not have boundaries. You can do all of those things broke, or you can do all of those things doing what it is that you want and and making the contribution and financial impact that you want. But so often people will get stuck in this aspect of, yeah, like I'm doing all the things, I'm reframing, I'm meditating, I'm journaling, I'm working on my mindset, you know, I'm doing all of the things. And often the red flag and why I was prompting is, is when pushed to then show, because like if you meditate for 10 hours a day and then, like you make a hundred K a month, like forget what I think I'm saying. Like, I want to learn what you're doing. Right. So if it's working for you, there will be results to show for it. Right. If it's not, then we have to put it into this category of, is this just a nicer, more productive, better version of watching Netflix and like not doing, because I've certainly been guilty of that and had clients where, yeah, like I'm journaling, I'm meditating, but like nothing's happening, but like I'm doing it. Maybe. Right. But is it making you money? (laughs) Correct. Like show me, I agree. Show me the money. Right. So that's kind of what I was prompting um, for both you and for the listeners to check that. So before we go on, how does that land for you? Yeah, that makes total sense. I believe there's a lot of things we need to do to help us take action and take action from an authentic space, but you have to still take that action. And then that action does get hindered by that internal dialogue and by, um, you know, that worthiness, like you said, like, I, I believe we constantly are making what we think we're worth. Yep. So right now I am making however much I'm making. And that tells me that I feel like I'm only worth that much. So there's, a block there too. Absolutely. And it seems like the gears are working internally. So what's coming up for you right now? 
Um, well, I know that, I mean, we're, I have a beautiful life, to be honest. We're very comfortable. We have, you know, everything that I originally in my life ever wished for. And so I think that's a big plateau as well. When we get what we've always wanted, what's the next step? Because I do believe there's always constant growth, right? We've never arrived. I feel like there's always room to keep going. And so I think there's maybe like a lack of urgency that comes with that. Okay. So that's interesting. Tell me more about that. Mm, Well, I believe that when we work hard and take hard action and things that can come from a place of urgency and necessity. And that's a big driver for people. And I know that I don't utilize that driving force very often. So do you only like, is urgency only applicable when things are bad or can it be applicable when things are good? I struggle to find urgency from my own perspective, what helps me find urgency is knowing that I'm helping other people by taking action. Okay. So if you were in an urgent state, like it is urgent for me to do this, what state would you have to be in terms? Well, I don't know, because if it was that kind of sense of urgency for me, wouldn't that be coming from a space of like a survival mode of, I need to do this because X, Y, Z, because we need more money because like it's coming from a space of lack and need then if it's coming from a space of I have to because of something that's going on in my life possible scenario yeah I think that's always a possible scenario I don't think anything is ever secure like I don't believe in let's say job security my husband has a very good job but that doesn't mean anything that could go in a day. We all know that. And so that would, yeah, be a problem for us because <laughs> he's still the main breadwinner in the house. So let's say that was reversed. Then, yeah, that would create, I guess, that external urgency. Agreed. Um, but the question was directed at you. Like for you, for mm-hmm. Amy, internally, a sense of urgency is possible or happens when there is a like very real lack existing in my life, is that the only possible scenario? No, I don't think that's the only possible scenario. Okay, what might be another one? Because it's really what I wanna do. (laughs) Okay, elaborate on that, what do you mean? This is what I want to do with my life. And the more success I have, the more influence I have, the more people I help, the more people I can help. Like I have big visions for retreats and women's events and things. And all of those require funds and require money. So that would be a big driving force for me. But why? When you're comfortable and you have no urgency to move them? Because I think it's needed. Sure. There's lots of things that are needed but there's also not a lot of urgency in the things that are needed. So is it really urgent if you desire it and if you, you know, would like to have it and you see that as a vision, what's the disconnect there? I don't know. 
darn it. (laughs) It is because when I say it out loud, it is very urgent. I mean, one in six women deal with a condition like I had or another one, one in eight women in Canada will get breast cancer. Like there's all of these things that I see as urgent. And I know the things that I can talk about and the things that I can do can help women understand that that switch and those numbers can change with them changing themselves. So that is urgent. (laughs) Right. So the message and the help of other people, other women in your situation, and their, I'm, I'm gonna use rescuing, even though I know you don't rescue, but let's just say for the sake of example, like mm-hmm. they're rescuing their help. That's urgent. But my desire to be the one to provide that, my desire to live my fullest expression of that, my desire to want all of these things, is not urgent because I am not in lack. Yes, is one of the reasons I think that the action is different on my okay. end. So what does that tell you about your current state, whether emotional, mind state, action state? That I need to do more. <laughs> That's a surface level thing. hundred percent. It is. It is. Um, I think I do get into a lot of overthinking of the, who am I to be that person for that space? Okay. So take a layer back behind that. What's in your that piece? Well, Definitely growing up, I was never taught to strive for anything above and beyond basic and okay. And right now you are comfortable. You are beyond okay. Things are good. There's no sense of urgency to like go Mm -hmm. beyond that. Why would you ever go beyond that when you have everything that you could possibly need? Like it is selfish to ask for more. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so take a layer beyond that. Why do you think that's it? That's what I was raised in. Okay. Well, right. And so that's those... your past. Mm-hmm. You are now where you are. Mm-hmm. So dive deeper into that piece. What is standing in the way of the ownership of all of this? Well, obviously some form of ego or petulant child, <laughs> don't you think? We're all overgrown that's children. Where a wall. So, yeah, yeah, that's where all of that comes from. Okay. And again, that's where it came from and has relevance to explore mm-hmm. that. But we're looking at it right now because where you don't sense the urgency is right now, not when mm-hmm. you were a kid. So yeah. the lack of urgency to move towards your highest good, the lackadaisical casual attitude I have, is happening now, right? It, it didn't mm-hmm. happen when you were a kid. So then maybe it is just being in a space of, am I capable and am I being, am I able to be that person? I know that I'm able to be a great, I'm spectacular in the realm I'm in now, which also makes me very comfortable because I like being in a space of where I'm thriving and doing very well, obviously. <laughs> so in the field that I'm in, in the space that I'm in, in the circles that I'm in, I am known for what I do now. And so obviously that's very comfortable for me to be 
in the space that I'm in because I'm doing very well in that space. So maybe it's also a sense of uncomfortable going to the next level, not knowing what that looks like. Yep. There's definitely, which is again, more things that point towards if I'm comfortable, things are okay. So I will do everything mm-hmm. I can to maintain my set point. Okay. Ultimately, this whole thing was sparked by the question about urgency. And your definition of urgency is rooted in if I am in lack or if something is threatening my comfort, then the urgency kicks in and come hell or high water, I'm going to get myself back to where I'm at. Okay. That I think that's where a common state of urgency comes from. Okay. Perfect. So it's true, but not true for you. No, it can be true for me. Okay. Fair enough. So you're not there now. So like there, that's why there's no sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Okay. The original question was, is that the only scenario? You said it wasn't. And we kind of went down this rabbit hole of unlocking all of these aspects that really ask, well, am I really even capable of stepping up and have been raised to believe that once I'm comfortable, there's no need to strive for more. Mm-hmm. So, I think capable is a big keyword there. Okay. And we can definitely go into that. But before we get into capable, going back to the sense of urgency, can your desires also create a sense of urgency? Yes, I believe that they can. Are they? I think they could be more so. Okay. So it's, it's a pregnant type question. You either are or not. So are your desires creating a sense of urgency? No. Okay. So why not? Maybe because I don't revisit them enough. Maybe I'm not like, I'm so comfortable in the space that I'm in right now. I'm living very presently instead of future focused. Maybe, but you seem to be pretty clear when I asked you about them, like there's one in six women suffers from the thing that I've suffered from. There's so many women out there who don't even believe that they can change. These are the people I could be helping when I run retreats. They were like, it's pretty clear desires. I mean, it's not like, oh, I don't know what I, like, you know, I didn't get that sense. So okay, true. is it really clarity or revisiting them that is the issue maybe not so what might you think it'd be i don't know you like it okay? found this like block that i haven't been able to like recognize yet so is it okay to want your desires yes okay is it okay for you to strive toward your desires yes Okay. And why is it not okay for you to do it with gusto and urgency? Right? Or at least more gusto and urgency than I'm currently doing, because that's what's important. I don't know. (laughs) So obviously to dive in its deepest root, it's a little bit beyond just the scope of, you know, this recording. What I've seen and often comes up, and this is just your version of it, not owning your desires. So difference between recognizing what I want, difference between believing I can have it, and then difference between embodying and acting on it with urgency, to me, I put that under the category of fully owning my desires. 
right? Like my mm -hmm. purpose and the way of going into this business was recognizing that like, it's my purpose, it's my mission to raise the minimum wage, like accept the minimum wage for hearts and entrepreneurs to be six figures, right? This podcast, the program, everything that I'm doing, the, the practices that I do to nurture that, the marketing moves that I'm doing, how I'm creating the program, how I revive, like everything moves towards the ownership of the recognition of that desire. But it wasn't until I allowed myself to own that my path in life was leading to here that that sense of urgency never actually amounted to. Mm -hmm. Because we're stuck in this mask of I'm not good enough, which is if I haven't earned or am capable of doing the things that I want historically, then it's hard for me to imagine that I can actually have it. The reality is we are all running our four minute miles anytime we do something new, because by definition it's new, we've never done it before. So therefore it's never going to look like something that we've done prior. But when it comes to the urgency of your desires, what we're really lacking and what we're really not feeling and embodying is the enthusiasm of wanting to see it manifest in front of us, right? Because if I truly wanted what I wanted and I went all out into playing the game to make this a reality and nothing was stopping me and I knew that I was good enough to do it, if I didn't have the skills, which is different than not being capable or worthy of having it, I would develop as I went along because I've done that historically. Cumulatively speaking, that is urgency being expressed in its positive counterpart, which is enthusiasm, drive, desire, motivation, like love to make what I have in my head manifest. Okay. That is actually lack mask as comfort therefore all i do is just move and chill and not do the thing so i know that was like a bit of a tangent how does all of that land for you it was a great tangent <laughs> yeah resonate? it was yeah it was that actually makes a lot of sense um about more embodiment of desire i think that's really powerful and that was really well said and i think it makes sense for me I think so as well, right? <laughs> that, uh, that is the real, like all of the, the people pleasing, the boundaries, the, you could be facing those issues and working through those issues while every single day you get up with full enthusiasm and gusto to mm -hmm. like serve that one out of six women, right? And every time, like you said, you're already aware of the process. Every time you step up and you do the new thing, you're going to have more mirrors shine your way as to like, okay, where am I not free? Where am I holding on to patterns that aren't going to serve me? But without the pull of the desire and the ownership that I'm worthy, I'm deserving fundamentally to have these things, you're going to make the choice to tackle them or not, right? In, in whatever capacity you can. So before I go on, how does that land for you? Yeah. I think that's perfect. Yeah, I think that's really well said. I think that um, there is a lot of courage in owning your desires as outwardly as you want to. I think that's a big courageous space to be in because a lot of us don't do that. 
and a lot of us that is reflective of our community around us, which is why I crave very special relationships because I believe that our community matters. And I know that spending time with people who think that me doing the things that I'm doing and striving for the things that I'm striving for and working as hard as I do, they see that as like a negative. So it's hard to outwardly done a lot better with it outwardly talking about my desires and things, but it doesn't land as well in those spaces. And so definitely like stop. I've come a long way, but even just you saying that makes me realize I don't still live my desires as outwardly as out loud. And as with that kind of enthusiasm as I could be. Right. And just look at where your brain went to, right? It didn't go towards, I'm going to shine so brightly that if it's too bright for other people, they'll fall out of my life. Mm-hmm. It went into justifying why I don't shine as brightly as I know I could, because other people are going to be upset. I've kind of dealt with it. You know, I'm picking at it and incrementally moving through mm-hmm. people pleasing. Whereas you could just simply choose, hey, guys, this is where I'm going. And I, I, listen, I, and I'm not discounting the need for support, mentorship, community, like all of those things are going to accelerate your path to it. But it's just, again, interesting where your brain went to Mm -hmm. kind of dancing around the justification, rationalization of why I can't own what it is that I want, right? Other people are going to ostracize me and are going to hate on me. I really don't like making other people uncomfortable. It's so it's funny from a different perspective, this is something that has been brought to my attention and something that I'm working on. And so, but from the desire perspective, I like I think they're molding really well together. Um, And that is one of them that I don't let myself shine as bright as I can because it makes other people uncomfortable. And I, I don't like the result of that feeling. And I've had to do a lot of work around that's them. That's not me doing that to them (laughs) and all of those things. But that's a, it's a huge one for me as a people pleaser, as someone who likes to give people space to shine and do all of those things. It's, um, it's something I need to embody more because as I shine, people shine brighter as well. It's not the opposite. If I shine less, it gives them more space to, that's not how it works. So that's correct. a big mentality shift that has absolutely been brought to my attention lately. Well, and ironically, the people that you're pleasing least and hurting most are the ones you're not helping. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it again comes back to ownership of desire, right? You just uncovered another mask of I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not good enough to own my desires, which is the people in my circles will hound me even more. Cool, right? There's branching of all of these, but that's just another one that you recognize Mm. now for yourself, you know? So yeah, that has the component of the self-regulation of when it's happening, And then it's got the success embodiment component where you just transcend it completely, right? And that's kind of, for you, that's the biggest missing piece. I think the self-regulation pieces, you know, from the sound of it are okay, but the consideration, the the vision, the bringing that into your day-to-day right now, the embodiment of it on a more serious basis, the thoughts, feelings, and actions that move you towards that with full abandon, right? The inspiration instead of, I mostly operate of desperation or to maintain the status quo, those are the real pieces 
that need to be in play for you to, you know, not like pity patter around your, to get to your 10K norm, but to really like make the quantum leap and get there as fast as possible. That's the inner game stuff. Um, and then just to kind of begin to close this off, the other part that we didn't really touch to, but I just want to bring to your attention for, for being here is separating the worthiness from the skill set. Mm. And what I mean by that is like at the beginning when I asked you, okay, so what is it that you do? Who do you serve? Right. It's a very generic answer. Like we've talked for almost an hour, but it's like, I still don't know what your one out of six women are. Like what was the actual condition? How is it that you help them? All I know is you want to bring inspiration, you know, this sense of like selfishness, like positive selfishness to women, et cetera. And it's kind of what I mentioned, like, that's all good, but nobody's going to pay you for that. That is a missing skill set as far as like offer, marketing, messaging, the selling of it, the, the communicating the value to the people that like you need to matter to the most. That's a skill set issue, which is repeated with, or sorry, which is fixed with, you know, repetition and feedback and practicing the craft of those things. But it's separate from the worthiness, like not knowing those things doesn't mean you're not worthy of everything that's in your vision. That's the embodiment piece. But so often we get caught up in like, oh, I don't, like I feel fearful of selling or I don't know how to like communicate it. Therefore, I must not be good enough. I must not be aligned enough. So I'm just going to go meditate and journal more. That's the nurture portion, but also the traction portion requires some real like world skills, right? And if you look mm -hmm. at a different domain, if I want to ride a bike, like I can meditate and like imagine and visualize myself riding a bike, or I can just ride a bike, fall, and then like refine the skill set of riding a bike while I get excited about the things where I'm going to go, right? That that is the positive virtue of of both. So again, no, I went another tangent. How does all of that land for you? Yeah, I'm a big believer in that as well. I am. I, I would rather take action and fail forward and do that then. And I think that's where worthiness comes from, though. As you step forward and as you grow and as you realize, even in these big dips and these big challenges that you can keep going, I think that's, that's what helps build your belief in your worthiness. So I would agree with some clarifications, right? Like, that's like saying, okay, I have the commitment to do the thing. I'm going to like, if I fail, whatever. So that piece requires courage. Mm -hmm. And then the falling down, what you described, that's the competence piece. So like, I'm, I'm now creating competence in the things that I want. That is ultimately what builds the resilience to repeat the courage long enough to actually get the confidence in the thing that we're doing. But your worthiness fundamentally, and that kind of goes back to your owning your desires, is, is fundamentally true at all times should we choose to see it, okay? So the competence piece is what I was referring to. That's where you got to separate the skill. Yes, that's going to require some resilience. It's going to require the belief because I can now see evidence of it. And yes, that, that is going to reinforce what is inherent true, which is the worthiness. But in essence, they're two separate things. And oftentimes we meld them together because we believe just because you don't have the competence for something doesn't mean we're not worthy of the desires that we have. We mm -hmm. are, but we also got to recognize that, hey, these two are separate things. I can put in the reps, I can do the thing, I can have the feedback, get better at the skill, i.e. the traction while doing the work to nurture and then together is, is where the magic happens. So does that clear it up? 
Yeah. Perfect. Mm. So I know we kind of went back and forth with a bunch of different things. How does um, all of these land for you? Any big takeaways kind of shift this into the, the last phase of this? Yeah, that was, that was excellent. I biggest takeaway for sure so far is more of the embodiment and clarity on desire. I think if I am to embody that more daily and understand what it is that I'm ready to embody, like be getting very clear on what that is. So I can embody those desires more so. And instead of, and get it to the point where it's habitual, right? That's the dream to be able to not get uncomfortable by living those desires, but to work through that uncomfortability and make it so it's habitual and a part of who I am and just a part of my life. That would be a big goal for me. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, how do you think that's going to happen? Uh, With my focus, that being my main focus and putting as much attention on it as I can. Absolutely. Good stuff. So does all of this feel complete for you? Is there something that's outstanding? No, that feels very complete. It's always nice to have those reminders of action and where to put your um, desire. I'm going to put in there as an action. Um, sorry, my kid came in again and it totally distracted me. <laughs> That's okay. Mom life. <laughs> um, but no, I think as far as yeah, I think just action towards desire. Cool. That uh, definitely makes sense to me. So uh, mm. if that feels complete to you, why don't you just close us off with regards to, you know, where can people find you? What's the best way for them to contact you? Who's the best person to contact you? Floor is yours for all of that. Absolutely. So I love most of my connections happen through Instagram. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's just at Amy Lenius, my name. I love connecting and having conversations with women around their health, their hormones, what they're going through, what they've been told is normal for them, even though maybe it doesn't sit well, that that's what's normal just because it's common and taking time for yourself to get out of overwhelm into a full space. And I just love having conversations around that. I book tea times, I call them where we just get together, have a conversation that's completely free and we connect from there. And that's where I offer most of my information and and value and knowledge as well as through Instagram. So that would be my biggest one, just at Amy Lenius. Awesome. Well, we'll include all those pieces in the show notes. So Amy, thank you very much for being on and, uh, for everybody else, we'll, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.